Hey all you cool Irish reds and ambers, welcome to another episode of Boys Are From Martson, a women in beer podcast. Now before I get to my interview with Stephanie Miracle from Country Boy Brewing Company, I think I mentioned a couple episodes back that I had some exciting personal news to tell you all, and that's that I will be moving to Louisville, Kentucky uh, to work for Gallant Fox Brewing. Gallant Fox uh, was originally supposed to open end of April, 1st of May, but obviously due to the whole coronavirus shutdown, they had to postpone their official tap room opening. Um, so they did open the first week of July, um, and I started a couple weeks ago just working a couple shifts. So I will be moving to Louisville, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. I just found an apartment today, actually, so I'm very excited. Um, I've worked, like I said, I worked a couple ships at Gallon Fox, really cool brewery, uh, great owners are doing some really cool things um, with their beers. Also, if you're not a beer person, maybe like bourbon, they have over, gosh, maybe 200 bourbons, um, some really vintage stuff. So I'm really excited to, to join their team and be a part of Gallant Fox and to move to Louisville, a city that I've always loved um, to go to, to visit. Um, they got some really great breweries there other than just Gallant Fox. So I'm very excited to do that. So I will keep you updated on my journey about moving there and um, all that fun stuff. But like I said, very excited. Um, yeah, so let's get to the interview with Stephanie. Enjoy, guys. Hello, everybody. I am joined with Stephanie Miracle from Country Boy Brewing. Stephanie, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing pretty good. So before we get started in the interview, kind of tell us uh, what you do for Country Boy. Uh, so I'm the brewer of our Lexington location, and then I also do quite a bit of cellar work out at our Georgetown location. So I, I get the best of both worlds, basically. And tell us what the difference between those two uh, systems are. So in Lexington, I uh, brew on our 10-barrel system and basically just... Uh, Typical brew day, mash, mash in, boil, transfer, all those things. And then in Georgetown, I do, I work the canning line, I do kegging, I do cleaning of tanks, keg washing, like all pretty much anything cellar-wise in Georgetown. And, okay, just for people who maybe aren't familiar, when you say cellar-wise, kind of explain that to them. Uh, it's the cold side of the brewery. So there's the hot side, which is what I do in Lexington. And then in Georgetown, I work on the production side, working with the canning line, kegging, all the tanks that need to be clean, keg washing. Like we, we deal with everything. Uh, once the beer is ready to be packaged after the brewers send it over and all that. And you mentioned the canning line at your Georgetown location. I know you guys just got a new one, which yes. <laughs> for us, people who work in the beer industry, it's kind of a nerdy thing for us to show off our canning line. So why did you guys decide to get a new one? Uh, so our uh, former canning line uh, actually started in Lexington. And uh, right before we switched over to the new canning line, uh, they counted it had done 11 million cans. Wow. So Basically, it had done its time, and it was time to upgrade, and uh, I was out of town and came back to, like, everything up and running, and it, it was super exciting, so. And kind of talk about, uh, so, like, so, 
kind of talk about Country Boys Start. Um, you know, they have you have the Lexington location, and then just tell people about uh, opening. You know, or not opening, but the Georgetown location. How there is the two separate places. Yeah. So Country Boys started in Lexington. Um, I want to say like five years there, and then um, production wise, I think they felt this was before I was there, but. I, uh, they expanded to Georgetown to build a production facility primarily to deal with packaging of our core brands and shifted all of our bigger production type stuff there and then left Lexington open for more of our one-offs and experimental and stuff like that. So, And then also, can you tell people about the expansion of the Georgetown, um, the whole uh, back section, I guess you could call it. Uh, the, the new warehouse. Yeah. The warehouse. So, uh, primarily in Lexington, we, uh, rented the warehouse across the street and there was a lot of lugging back and forth of things that we needed from the warehouse to Georgetown. So they felt it more efficient to just go ahead and expand in Georgetown and build a warehouse there. So now we store all of our grain and can storage and, most of the things we used to do at the old warehouse, but there's not as much back and forth. So, so you all. guys, you guys were hauling from a warehouse in Lexington to the George loca- Georgetown location. Oh yeah. Wow. Like, I, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the expansion. You have a lot of room, a lot of room for fun activities. Um, so, so I guess I should say, uh, how long have you been working for country boy? Uh, officially just two years. Uh, the end of July was my two year anniversary when I first started. And then how did you get into brewing? So with Country Boy, I actually uh, started as a bartender, but I was a home brewer at the time when I applied. So I did, I never imagined that I would get to the point I am now, but I did want to be closer to beer and learn more about it. So I, as a bartender already, it made sense to get on at a brewery and Mm -hmm. closer to the beer and learn more about it. And completely lucked out on a canning line position opening up uh, stacking cases. It's where everyone starts when they go back there. And I remember when someone first mentioned that it was open, I was just kind of like, oh, I don't, I, I've not experienced to be like back there. I just, whatever. And they were like, no, it's just stacking cans, <laughs> you know, like, so I was like, okay. <laughs> And applied, got that position, and just slowly, well, worked my way up from there, so to speak. So, Yeah, no, uh, I think the cool thing about breweries is a lot of people start as bartenders. And, you know, if they have the ambition to work back in the production or, you know, in the offices, you know, they, for me, I just like, they're like, we're like dogs. Like, you give us free beer, you give us something, and we just don't leave. <laughs> We like it so much. Like, you know, we're like stray dogs. We come oh, yeah. in. Definitely. No, I took a, a significant pay cut going from bartending to doing right. that. But to me, it's just getting to do something that I love. So you mentioned you homebrewed before. What got you into homebrewing? Um, what, what got you into craft beer in the first place? And then eventually. Well, craft beer would just be from bartending, like, especially at like bars and restaurants that like specialize in craft beer. So I was always like, into trying new things and just learning more about it and then it was actually a rock house like way back when they first opened um 
they were holding a Bach meeting in the warehouse that they had. And I just remember everybody coming in with like all kinds of beer and like name tags and it was kind of like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, it's a homebrew club. We bring in beers, everybody tries it. And at the time I was already doing a lot more like do it yourself, like make like soaps and stuff like that. So since I was in the craft beer, I was like, oh, well, I could totally try it. So it, it wasn't till a while later that I actually like started getting equipment and got a little more serious about it. But that was the first like thing that kind of sparked my interest. Yeah. And what about the brewing process intrigues you the most? Is it the creativity side? Is it the science? Uh... I would say a little of both, like definitely the creativity, but um, I do like the science side of it as well. Like I actually uh, skipped uh, extract brewing and went straight to all grain just because like the more I read up about it and when I was going to get my equipment and whatnot, most people that started with extract eventually got to that point and then they had to like upgrade their system. So it was more cost efficient to just start like. Do you still get, do you still get to Humber now or are you just typically brewing? I definitely would get to, I haven't gotten around to it in a little while, but <laughs> mostly yeah. it's outdoors. So or it's been so hot. Right. But um, I'm still involved with the homebrew club, Bach. I, when we were having meetings, I was able to go. Uh, we actually have a meeting tonight, I just realized, uh, online. So I'm going to log into that after this. Yeah, I guess it's a little different when, everything, <laughs> when everything's virtual. Right. Uh, what has been a beer that you brewed at Country Boy that you've been most proud of, that you've been a part of? Um, I'm definitely proud of our New Englands that we're doing because right when I transitioned to the brew position at Lexington, it was right when we decided that we were going to start doing New England. So that's been really fun because that is definitely a style I like and I, I, I really like ours. And um, the neatest, the, the first beer that was like fully packaged other than a keg that I brewed was our recent uh, eighth anniversary stout that got bottled, mm -hmm. barrel aged. And so that was really neat to take part of a beer that aged for a while and it was packaged. I still have some that who knows, like I'll probably just save them just because. Because <laughs> you made like, them. In a package. Right. Yeah, like, so. You mentioned New England. You guys did a New England IPA for your Pink Brutes brew, right? Yes. So can you kind of expand on that beer and what you guys did as um, a brewery for uh, International Women's Day slash your Pink Boots brew? Yeah. So for this particular New England, it was the first time we decided to add fruits. That's definitely a popular thing to do with the New Englands, but we haven't played around with it a lot. But um, weirdly, it was kind of a reverse idea. When we were throwing styles around and different things we wanted to do, um, Somehow we got on girls just want to have plum. I, I don't even know where that, like, I don't even know. Like someone threw it out there and I was just like, that is so cool. So then we tried to like incorporate the plum into the beer and then we played around with different styles and decided to go with the New England with the plum and stick with the name and all that. But it is a fantastic name. I remember <laughs> I saw that. And unfortunately I never got it. It's not generally how we would do things, but I don't know. It was just it's it just stuck so hey girls just want to have plum that's right 
We don't want fun. We want plum. But yeah, sadly, it didn't get like a a great release just because it was right when right down. So I know because I wanted to try it, but obviously with with everything that happened, I never got a chance to make it down there. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like that is a really fun brew day. Like having all the girls of the brewery there with me and how many other females work in the production side at Country Boy? Uh. Definitely one other a girl works in the back. Uh, she's our uh, lab technician. So I, I would count her for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And then like production wise, it is just me currently at least. So. That's awesome. When, when you kind of, when you tell people that you work at Country Boy, what do pe- most people assume that you do? Uh, definitely bartend, but I'm not necessarily offended by that just because I was a bartender. So I feel like yeah. I the profile so to speak but it is fun to like when people start not so much fun but someone will be like oh what kind of tips do you get or something along those lines and I'll be like oh I actually like brew and work in the back and all this and they're like oh (laughs) yeah that's that's kind of my thing is like you know most people still assume that girls or females are in the marketing or the sales part so it's always uh I always like to ask brewers the female brewers like when they tell people what what do people say like oh you run the social media and it's like no I actually brew the beer you're drinking so um it's I think it's would be like if I was ever in that role I would just like love to tell people that and like no, like I'm getting to I'm getting more like I don't know I, I guess I'm just more like modest or whatever I don't Humble, know yeah like, yeah, but I'm getting more to that point where I'm just kind of like, right. You, you should brag about it. it, like, because I do love like seeing people's kind of like reaction, like, oh. <laughs> what What do you think the hardest part of being a female brewer is? What What is What do you think your heart like? Do you find any difficulties in being a female brewer? Whether it's, um, who mentions sometimes they just like have trouble lifting the grain bag or. Yeah. Uh, it is definitely physical, especially like the brew system I work on in Lexington. It's our manual, or I guess not manual, but um, I like I definitely dump all the grain bags in and mash in. And Georgetown, they have like an automated system to where they push buttons and <laughs> does most of that. You know. Anyway, uh, so you're saying you work on the harder system. That's what I hear. So to speak, but I preferred that like from the right. get go because to me it's like uh similar more closer to my homebrew setup than what Georgetown would have been. So yeah. I was more comfortable stepping into that role. But um I like it honestly. Like to me it's like getting paid to work out. Like I definitely <laughs> take it as a challenge, like dumping in like 650 plus pounds of green bags and but I like I enjoy it so no lifting a grain bag shouldn't be easy for anyone <laughs> they're, they're they're awkward it's it's totally awkward but yeah once you just kind of get in the groove of knowing where to I don't know but yeah you got to know where like the right way to dump it and then also where to pick it up and so and not saying I haven't like mess my back up like twisting the wrong way like picking one up or anything but (laughs) so what do you think as females such as yourself since I am not a brewer can do to encourage more women to get into brewing um more of actually on the production side whether it is you know cellar you know the hot or cold or even you know in 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 the labs like like you mentioned what do you think you guys can do 
I want to say like just the more you kind of see it out there because I've reached out to a lot of other female brewers and just connected and it's made me realize that it's not as it's definitely smaller but I I think it's growing and um just networking I don't word of mouth so to speak do you think people are intimidated that it is mostly males or do you think, you know, if I think initially probably yes, but that's kind of why I feel like the, the more you see it out there and you're like, you just see people in that position it kind of makes you feel like, Oh, I could totally do that too. So to speak. So I think the more it grows, the more people will kind of realize that it's not. Yeah, no, I, that, I mean, that's, I'm obviously not a brewer and I have said this before that the math and science part of it is just, it's way too hard for me. Um, I was a journalism major in college and there was a reason for that. I was never good at chemistry, even back in high school. So that's why I like to give you all a voice to promote and encourage other women to join the production side of the business. Food society is definitely like really good for that. Just connecting everyone and any position in the brewing industry and scholarships. I've applied for, like, I, I really think uh, what Pink Boots is doing is super awesome, so. Um, and then, are you guys have your own chapter in Central Kentucky, or are you Not necessarily, like, strangely, it's the last couple of years have been kind of, when I first uh, found out about Pink Boots, basically when I first moved to the back, two years ago, uh, there was only the Cincinnati chapter. There wasn't a Kentucky chapter at all. So that's the one I joined, I was a part of, but found myself not going up to Cincinnati to be a part of the events enough, like, like I should. And then the Western Kentucky chapter started, but that also was even further. <laughs> so it was like... Uh, so in this past year, we've actually talked about like merging it into just a, a Kentucky chapter entirely. So I think that'll still be a thing. Everything's kind of up in the air right now, but I did switch chapters. So I am officially part of the, the Western Kentucky chapter. Which makes sense. There's so many breweries kind of. I just feel more connected to the Kentucky breweries as a whole. So that's, you know, I'm up in Northern Kentucky. And so I'm like two minutes from all the, you know, the Cincinnati ones, but I also feel more con connected to the Kentucky ones as well. I think it's just being born here and raised here and then going to school in Lexington. I think that had a huge part of it. Um, are there any, you know, special beers um, or events coming up at Country Boy? I know you guys just released your Oktoberfest, which is exciting. Yes. Yes. Um, uh any beers that you have coming out that you brewed that you'd like to uh, like to brag about? Actually, just tapped was is our newest New England called King Me. So we've actually been naming all of our New Englands after uh, rock climbing routes. In oh, the world. cool! Because one of the owners is pretty big in the rock climbing, so they all the names just they they totally work. So it's kind of neat to kind of just tie that into so if they seem like like king me seems like an odd but apparently that's the name of a, a rock cl a climbing <laughs> no i love that you guys do a lot of stuff that's you know very 
I want to say outdoorsy, which I appreciate. Obviously, it comes from the name of Country Boy and, you know, um, especially DH being the outdoorsman that he is. Um, I had a question, but I already I had, didn't have it written down, which that's why I write them down. Um, so I, I think you've listened to some of these podcasts. You know it's coming up. Uh, if you could go on any vacation right now, where would it be and why? Beer vacation. Uh, I, I would definitely say Germany, just because I've never been there. And um, seeing the hop fields and farms there, not to mention like the oldest brewery, like Westefaner, I believe it is. I think you're, yeah. So, so Westefaner maybe, but um, it would be really neat to tour that as well. Yeah, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but mine would definitely be Belgium. And then maybe if I could squeeze in, you know, going to both yeah. Germany and yeah. Belgium. Because I, um, I don't know if many people know this, but Germany is the number one um, grower of hops behind or in front of the United States. So um, I've always wanted to go out to the north, the northwest, I guess, area to see the hop farms. But to go to actual yeah. Germany would, you know, for us yeah. beer nerds, that would just be yeah, like, yeah. Absolutely. like heaven. It's, it's appropriate, heaven. I feel like. Right. <laughs> And then, I, yeah. <laughs> if if one person could walk into the Lexington Tap Room right now, and you could have a beer with them, who would it be? I was gonna go with like uh, Terry of Berendorf. Uh, she's actually the founder of the Pink Boots Society. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I, she's like she's been brewing since the '90s before, like. I don't know. I would just love to hear her story, like from that era, how it was approaching it. Because to me, it's been a little too easy. I think it's just more acceptable in these times. But hearing her struggles, not to mention she actually also um, experienced a pretty severe uh, boil, overboil injury, like burn injury. On, yeah. So I think it would just be neat to, because she's she's a big advocate of safety in the brewery as well. So. Yeah, I've heard, yes. I mean, that's another thing people don't think about being a brewer is the dangers of being back there, you know, the boils where you're dealing with very hot water and you can burn very easily. Um, When I went to Cincinnati State, we actually had to take a class on um, brewing safety and to read, I mean, they put horror stories in there for a reason. And um, unfortunately, it's it's, it's an unfortunate thing, but thankfully they're, they're becoming, I think those stories are becoming far and less because of the, you know, more procedures I've been taking yeah, yeah, yeah. and awareness. Um, And then, so we're going to do the rapid fire, this or that kind of thing. Uh, So just first thing comes to mind, Uh, six pack of 12 ounce or four pack of 16 ounce. Uh, Six pack of 12 ounce. Glass bottle or a can can ale or lager yeast ale <laughs> crowler or growler uh crowler uh, sit at the table or sit at a bar sit at the bar new england or west coast ipa new england i was gonna say you already mentioned that one <laughs> stout or porter i love both but yeah uh porter dosa or berliner weiss berliner weiss seltzer cider cider peanut butter or coffee in your beer coffee and then i remembered my question from earlier so you've obviously brewed a lot of beers at country boy what is one beer that you guys haven't brewed that you would love to be that you would love to brew Ooh. i know kind of a loaded question 
Totally. Um, so not going to lie, I've actually been pushing for like a, a watermelon goza because the gozas already have salt in them. Right. Oh, that is a... So I feel like salty watermelon is kind of a big thing. So I think we we have been playing around with gozas and Berliner Weisses quite a bit lately. So especially with our living proof not being a thing anymore, it's kind of like a spinoff of getting to play around with sour-ish type... Yeah, because you guys, I mean, not that it's a bad thing, but you guys really just don't do many sours um, or not or really not known for your sours. So I think, you know, throwing that there in the summer would be. But I don't know. I just. Watermelon, salt, I think. I think yeah. So gosas um, are traditionally b- brewed for people who don't know. Gosas are traditionally brewed with salt and uh, coriander. So, it, you know, a lot of people put salt on their watermelon, which I don't understand. Do you do that? I actually don't. But so exactly, yeah, good. You're but not I just know that's a thing. So yeah. That's kind of no, my mom going. does. She'll get out watermelon and she'll like dump a whole. And I've to- yeah, I've totally seen it. And so, I'm like, what are you doing? You're ruining it, it. But yeah. So. But yeah, yeah. I. I think it'd be neat. That would be really good because the salt <laughs> the, to balance it out. Yeah. So if if whoever the meeting say I approve of your idea and I'll come down <laughs> there. I will come down there and drink it myself. Hell yeah. Well, Stephanie, thank you for joining me. Um, it's awesome to talk to you and, uh, you have a great week and, um, hopefully once all this is over, I'll be able to come down and sit with you and have a beer in person. Yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. All right. Cheers. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much.